What's going on, friends and fans? Ryan Dorn here, and welcome to another edition of the Sales and Marketing Podcast. This week brought to you by our friends at 032outsourcing.com. Increase your productivity and profitability by outsourcing tasks to free up your time and grow your business. 032outsourcing.com. All right, friends, if you're ready, I'm ready. Sales and marketing advice straight ahead, plus answers to your listener questions. Here we go. Live from the Brainswell Media Studios, this is the Ryan Dorn Business Show. Ryan is a 30-year Emmy-winning sales, marketing, and leadership advisor. He has touched over half a billion dollars in revenue and still sells every day. Ryan has been featured in Forbes, USA Today, and has trained over 20,000 professionals in seven countries. Now, here's your coach, your confidant, your fellow business warrior, Ryan Dorn. What's going on, friends and fans? Ryan Dorn here, your friendly neighborhood sales coach. And this week, we're talking about not giving up. And I'm going to call it three no's before you go. What I like to do in the sales business as I'm working through objections, closing techniques, and strategies of that sort is I want to train my brain around the rule of three as it relates to getting three no's before I let somebody go. Now, I'm not saying to you that if it's not a good fit that you should keep pestering somebody until they give you a no. What I want you to consider, though, is the number of salespeople that I work with that actually get a no and then they go. They don't try to push further. They don't ask for further clarification. They don't try to name drop new customers. They don't do a whole lot more. There's not a strategy in their mind ready to go so that when they get the next no, they get another no. Once you get a third no, by the time you get to the third no, then, I mean, let's be honest, at that point, more than likely you've given it your very best shot. So I think what you want to be asking yourself is, do I actually have a strategy as it relates to the end of a sales call or objection handling? So let's just say you're getting an objection. Well, do you handle the objection correctly? And then do you pivot that conversation to try to get a yes or at least another no? The answer is not usually because there's usually not a strategy behind it. All right. So the beginning of the strategy would be saying to yourself, hey, I'm going to work to ask open-ended questions dig deep and try to get three no's before I let a client go. Okay, so that's the kind of, if you will, the baseline or the first part of the strategy. All right, so the second step would be to be identifying what are the main objections that you normally get? What are the objections that you get that would potentially lead to a yes or to a no where you might have to move that conversation forward? Then what you'd want to be doing is creating flashcards for yourself, writing down those objections, asking others for input on the objections, and those type of things. Now, if you don't have a team to ask, normally what you'd be thinking about is if you get an objection and you handle it correctly, then move to your next value proposition. What's the next thing you can do to potentially help that customer and then get some clarification on that. Or even better than that, make some assumptions. I assume that you'd want this. I assume that we could help you with that. More than anything, I just want to be encouraging to you to recognize that in sales, A, it's a hard business. B, we're going to get a bunch of no's. But three, have a a process in place. Be thinking to yourself, okay, what am I going to do to get to either the next yes or if I get a no to at least not give up and to push that conversation forward? So in your mind, be thinking three no's before I let this customer go. Hey, friends, my goal is really simple to provide you tactical and practical information you can put into practice right away. Speaking of that, I'd be a pretty terrible sales coach if I didn't take my own advice, right? Hey, if you would, give me 30 seconds here to pay a few bills, take care of those people that are out there to take care of all of you. 
We'll be right back with your listener questions after these commercial messages. This podcast is brought to you in part by the outsourcing experts at 032outsourcing.com. Virtual employees save you time, money, increase your productivity, and ultimately your profitability too. Learn more about outsourcing today. Visit 032outsourcing.com. Your podcast host, Ryan Dorn, has his new sales book on Amazon, Audible, and at Barnes & Noble. Selling Forward, Pandemic-Tested Strategies for Sales Success has been called a must-read for every sales professional. 100% of the net proceeds from Ryan's book sales always go to the Golden Harvest Food Bank. Buy Selling Forward today at your favorite retailer. Okay, now back to the podcast. Here's your fellow sales warrior and host, Ryan Dorn. What's going on, friends and fans? Ryan Dorn here, your friendly neighborhood sales coach, and we are answering your listener questions sent in to ryan at ryandorn.com. Be sure to subscribe however you get your video tips. You don't want to miss any of them. All right, first question comes from Bonnie in Virginia. Hey, Bonnie from Virginia. Say, Ryan, you are sold. Yes, I am. On three pricing options, where does that come from? Any statistical evidence that you're right? (laughs) So, um, Bonnie, I like to quote myself sometimes. A lot of times, I'm the source of the information. No, there's a lot of empirical data about three pricing options. Now, if you're a fan of mine or you've been following along uh, in all the webinars that we do, there's a lot of power in the rule of threes. So when you think about everything in nature that happens that really is worth a darn, it all happens in groupings of threes. So it takes three things to start a fire. It takes three things to move a mountain. Uh, Goldilocks and the three bears, three strikes and you're out, three trimesters to make a baby. I mean, almost everything worth a darn, H2O. Almost anything worth a darn happens in groupings of threes. So why is three pricing options so important to me and why do my clients use that a lot? Well, typically, I like to call it the Goldilocks principle. Oh, once again, Goldilocks and the three bears, right? The Goldilocks principle is your porridge was too hot or the porridge was too cold or the porridge was just right. What I find is that most of the time when you give three pricing options, typically a prospect will gravitate towards that center option. So what you want to do is make sure if you're doing a pricing package or whatever, that that middle section is usually the one they would probably buy if you use FOMO and you use success stories to try to drive them towards that middle option. What typically happens, whether you're selling media, marketing solutions, software, or whatever, typically that middle option, sort of the good, better, best, that better, kind of right in the middle is that sweet spot. So you really want to design that middle option to be what is most common within that category or within a certain group of clients. Then you want to make the lesser options, so like option one would be the least option, you want to make that seem pretty unattractive but then the middle option is what they probably want, but then the bigger option, like the best option or the diamond option, whatever you want to call it, the platinum option, normally it's a little bit of a stretch for them, but normally it's about making a logical leap. Like if you spend another 500, you'll get this, and it just sounds like, wow, really, really good if you'll step up, or another 1,000 or another 5,000 or whatever your circumstance is for the sale. Now, there's also some empirical data just in terms of odds of closing. So if you give somebody one pricing option, it's sort of like kind of a bit of a 50-50 chance, like a yes or a no. It's it's kind of a 50-50 thing. A lot of people feel like when you give people multiple options, it confuses them. 
I don't find that to be the case. I feel like when you give somebody multiple options, it makes them feel like they're choosing, but you're actually setting it up that they're going to buy that potentially buy that middle option, or maybe they're going to upgrade a little bit to the next higher option. All right. So one option is kind of like a 50, 50. I feel like two options is no longer 50, 50. I feel it's sort of like, I don't know, 25, 25, 25, 25. I feel like there's now all of a sudden you're like, Oh gosh, I don't know. I have to choose between these two. Then when you give them three options, I feel like there's comfort kind of in the middle. Now, the data that I have from my clients and from my closing activities is that if I give three pricing options, I find that I'm closing 50% or greater of the proposals that I'm presenting if I'm giving three pricing options. Now, we did have an opportunity to, uh, here at Brainswell Media to review about 1,200 pages of advertising sales proposals. What we found is of those that one business, far greater than 50%, 56, 57, as high as 65% were closing more when they gave three pricing options as opposed to gave two pricing options or just one pricing option. The other thing you wanna be careful of with one pricing option, see a lot of you have been trained to ask somebody their budget. I don't train that way because their budget is not irrelevant, but they don't know what it takes to be successful for X amount of dollars. It's my job to guide them towards that. So in the media business where I live uh, most often, it's my responsibility to guide them within a category as to what it's going to take to have marketing success within their category. Well, that, that spend level has been set by somebody else. I didn't set the spend level. So for example, this is just a basic example. If you're in the real estate business and you want to work with me in marketing, no problem. There's kind of a good, better, best, or I call it present competitive dominant stages of spending. If you want to be competitive, another realtor has already set the bar for what it takes to be competitive. Some realtors, realtors have set the bar for being dominant in the market. Some are dipping their toe in the water. So rather than asking somebody their budget, I'm guiding them towards that middle or competitive option. Now, before you say, oh, and leave in the comments, oh, Ryan, you're leaving money on the table. What I found is that if I guide people towards that middle option, I almost always get them to spend more because if I left them to their own devices, they would typically buy the lower option. Right. And so I really feel like that middle option, that sweet spot is right there in the middle of that marketing rule of three or the pricing option rule of three. I just try to build everything around threes, three words in the subject line, three sentences, max three pricing options. I prospect every three business days on the same. It just makes it easier for me to kind of follow that rule of three. As a matter of fact, maybe that's my next book is the power and the rule of three in the sales business. How's that? So, all right. So Bonnie uh, from Virginia, I know that's kind of a long explanation of what it is that you asked, but I truly feel like that's why I'm sold on it. And the other thing is, I mean, I sell every day, so I'm doing what works and I'm doing what makes me money. All right. Next question comes from Robert in Portland. Hey, Robert, how are you? Thanks for your question. Hey, Ryan, I'm wondering if you have some tips for better using my CRM. To be honest with you, I feel like it's actually a waste of time. Uh, Robert from Portland. Hey, Robert, using your CRM, my friend, is not a waste of time if you use it correctly. So let me give you my three main tips for using that CRM. All right. The first is I like to talk into my CRM. So whether I'm using my cell phone, I'm going to talk into my cell phone. Whether I'm using my computer, I'm going to talk into the computer. Now, I'm not going to blow your mind, Robert, but for some of you, you just don't know this. All right. Open up your CRM, the most common, whatever your CRM is. 
The most common thing we do is put notes and tasks in the CRM. All right, so put your cursor in that box. If you're on a Mac, you click the function button twice. So you go function, function on a Mac, Mac. What it's gonna do then is open up the dictation tool and you can dictate directly into the CRM. Now, if you've never turned it on before, you're gonna to have to turn it on. All right, how about your Windows users that are out there? You're gonna do Windows H. Okay, so you click Windows H. If you've never done it before, it's gonna to need to install the dictation tool, but then it'll pop up, a microphone will appear, and then you can dictate directly into your CRM. By the way, you can use that same tool to voice dictate emails, all kinds of different stuff, all right? So it's Windows H on your uh, Windows machine. And if you're on a Mac, it's function, function is how you do that. Or pull up your CRM on your phone and then just hit the little microphone button and dictate directly in. So Robert, everybody out there, I mean, if you can't just talk to your computer to put notes in, I really can't help you. So that's the first thing is talk to text inside your CRM. All right, the second thing is you've got to use the tasks to help you keep up. So in other tips, what you've heard me talk about is using the rule of three, prospecting every three business days. So I'm gonna add notes, I'm gonna dictate the notes, okay, into my CRM. I'm gonna set my task to go on to the next email in my strategy or whatever, and set that to go every three business days. It's gonna pop up on my CRM, which is my homepage, okay? I don't have Facebook as my homepage for Pete's sake. I've got my CRM, it's my guide. I'm gonna set and use that task for every three business days. I'm not gonna use Outlook or my Outlook calendar to keep up with it. I'm gonna use my CRM. I use my Outlook calendar for set meetings, and then I use every three business days and the task duty, uh, duties inside of my CRM to keep me on track with my prospecting. It's the second thing. All right, the third thing, uh, Robert, is that I am going to make sure that inside of the CRM, I'm working lists inside of my CRM. So rather than just people always being a prospect, are always being active, I wanna stage them. Now what I do is I use lists. Now most CRMs have got pipeline management, cool. Use it if you love it, all right? I use lists, so the three lists that I work are my prospects, my in-progress people, and then my actives. I don't refer to somebody as a prospect until I sell them. They're just a prospect till I get a meeting. Once I get a meeting, they become in progress. So I put them on a different list. So whether you're using contact groups or using dynamic attributes or you lose using list memberships, whatever your CRM is that you use, I like to work three lists, a prospecting list, an in progress list, and then an actives list. So those are the three main things, Robert, uh, from Portland that I use every single day. And I just, I'm, by nature, I'm not an organized person. I, I'm just not. I kind of am like, woo, I kind of love to live every day, you know, like it's the last day, woo. Um, but I, I need to be focused and organized in sales if I'm going to be successful. So uh, Robert uh, from Portland, I hope that is helpful and uh, stay dry. And that, friends, is the podcast for this week. We'll see you back here in two weeks. But hey, if you don't press pause or stop or fast forward or whatever, guess what? Another podcast all about sales and marketing will come your way very soon. Ryan Dorn saying thank you so much. God bless you. Get out there and sell something. If I can be of help, reach out to me, ryandorn.com. All right, we'll see you in two weeks.